0: previously on Murder in Alliance.
1: This man was in a house with a dead body and was either cleaning up for the killer or was the killer.
2: And a guy came out with a trash bag. That's all I see, uh, just glance.
1: Why that report wasn't provided to the defense? Like, what's up with that?
3: Did you find somebody you recognized?
1: Um,
3: I did point out somebody. Hale says detectives told him later the picture he pointed out was that of an Alliance police officer.
1: That is the one key part of this case that just never sat right with me. Like The fact that it was never turned over to the defense is shocking.
0: This is Murder in Alliance an active investigation into who killed Yvonne Lane. I'm Maggie Freeling. About a month after the murder of Yvonne Lane, the Alliance police were stuck. They said that the people of interest that they had lawyered up from the context of the conversation, it seems like they're talking about David and his girlfriend, Amy. So they felt stuck, and they did something controversial.
4: One of the things that we uh, became aware of in the deposition that we did at the police department back in January was um, a two tapes that turned out to be the, um, a discussion between you and Alistair Mucklow, and then an unknown female, who we believe to be a psychic. Do you recall? Do you recall talking to a psychic on this case? Yes.
0: This is Detective Sampson in a 2008 deposition with David's post-conviction attorneys. The attorney is questioning him about two audio tapes that were discovered nearly ten years after the murder and had previously not been handed over to David's defense. The two tapes are of Detective Sampson and Mucklow speaking to a supposed psychic.
4: Why did you guys decide to take the step? Because Bill Mucklow wanted to go up and I said I'd go with him. So it was his idea? Yes. And he felt like? I think he was
2: being pressured from his wife.
4: Oh. Well, <laughs>
2: his, his wife was into that. now
4: his ex-wife? Yes. Correct? Right. And what do you mean when you say his wife is into that?
3: She was into the psychic reading this and that and and that's
4: where he was getting pressured from and you should go see a psychic. So watching too much Court T V or something. Evidently, I don't know. Fair enough. So Mike um
3: so Bill said he was wanted to go or made made a phone call or something. I said,
4: Alright, I'll go with you.
0: Now, I know this may seem odd, but it actually happens more often than you think. Reaching out for help from psychics is something law enforcement does consider when they feel stuck. It's not as though police rush out to arrest or even interrogate someone based on a psychic reading. Usually it's meant to just spark some inspiration with an outside quirky point of view. I've seen this many times. However, what I have not seen is law enforcement officers going to a psychic and implicating members of their own department in a homicide. About a month after Yvonne's murder, Detective Samson and Mucklow went to Cleveland to see the psychic.
1: Bear, right? <laughs> now the position is oh. you be It makes a difference. Okay. And, and none that? of this... I have no idea. I'm a believer. Oh, I know <laughs> the full moon has a to do with things. But it wasn't a full moon. The moon was in Libra.
0: First, I just want to apologize for the poor audio quality. I had to copy 22-year-old cassette tapes, and they did not hold up well. None of this had been digitized. In fact, besides myself and the post-conviction attorneys, this was probably the first time anyone was hearing this it also sounds like there are birds in the psychic's house. So besides the birds, the poor quality, this session sounds pretty much like you expected, right? At first, anyway. What someone might call woo-woo stuff, but this psychic session does not continue like that at all. In fact, it truly seems like the psychic is the detective asking all kinds of questions about a Yvonne, the crime scene, and some of those questions elicited shocking answers. For instance, this one line of questioning brought out a ton of personal information about Yvonne. And what did she do for
1: a living if she didn't? She didn't. She was a welfare her mom. mom.
0: To which the psychic followed up later with something she said she was supposedly seeing. I wish she could hand in a guy
1: money. I wish she could hand in a guy money. For? She didn't have any money, so why would she be giving her money? For?
2: I got, a, got a, a tip from McClain the other day. She was supposed to be hanging around, hanging around well, hanging around by the na- a guy by the name of Tommy. He we was supposedly selling drugs, and supposedly Tommy was giving, was supplying her with some kind of drug. Now We didn't find any like cocaine or crack cocaine in the house, but we did find a little bit of marijuana.
0: Really quick, I just want to say that I'm censoring Tommy's last name, at least for now. And I'm going to do that with some of the other full names of non-law enforcement people because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I'm not trying to imply that any of these people are the real killer of Yvonne Lane. But I do think it is fair to say they should have at least been investigated. Anyway, Tommy was never interviewed that we know of. There's no record of him anywhere. And he's mentioned dozens of times in the recording as someone Avon was interacting with to get drugs. Here's Mucklow in his deposition.
4: Who is Dave McElhaney?
2: Dave McElhaney was a um, officer on the police department.
4: So he provided you information shortly before this interview about
1: the case?
2: He must, have, he must have said that, you know, he must have gave us a, a verbal tip that uh, Tommy was providing her with drugs.
0: This tip, coming from a fellow officer, should have made it pretty credible to them, and at least they should have followed up on it. They even say, quote, he's kind of like a psycho about Tommy. And Tommy even had an extensive violent record, including assault, menacing, and domestic violence. So why didn't they look into him? And this line of questioning by the psychic leads to even more shocking information and names that were never looked into that we know of. How about
2: Local, local marijuana deal. McElhaney talked to me the other night, and I just asked him, and he, he said he got real nervous and
1: was, you know, what I don't know nothing mean? about it.
2: McEl, McElhaney brought that up and he said that he was real, he said, usually myself and Shiloh are cool, I mean, you know, he comes and he talks to me, but when I brought up um, Yvonne Lane's name, he said, I don't know nothing about it, I, I have nothing. He was just like, you know, pacing and like twirling around in a circle.
1: So it is yes or shaman? <sighs>
2: Hard to say. I really don't he's know a, the kid that well. He's a bar fly. He Yeah, he hangs out in all the bars. Local bars. He's uh, But he's only 24,
1: 25, didn't he? Yeah. He hangs out in local bars. Yeah. Got a gentleman that, that owns the bar over there that we're getting a good position. Mike Kelly. Mike, Mike. Kelly? She hang out at the bar. We got the.
2: Somebody told us she used to dance at Kelly's.
0: Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Psychic. Who seems to be doing more investigating than the detectives themselves. Now the suspect pool is even larger. Vaughn was allegedly an exotic dancer. When exactly is unknown because again, there's no record of this in the police investigative file. So the psychic asked again. You're telling
1: me this woman did nice work with somebody on the side, money. She me she's not positive. She was very promiscuous. That, that's Thank what we did. Yeah. Yes.
0: Now we find out not only is she an exotic dancer, but also a potential sex worker. Yet there is no record of any investigation into that part of her life at all, not once in any documents. So the question is. Who was soliciting Yvonne for sex? Well, the psychic finds that out too.
1: She may not be watching the street. Right. But she was doing a lot of money. Yes,
2: yes. She was possibly seeing a police officer who lives in Sebring. I believe that. Okay. OK. And supposedly, she told Linda McLaughlin's mother that the youngest child may be this policeman's son, Trent, the one-year-old. But-
1: because she was dating a married guy with sex. Who's the
0: married guy? Maybe, maybe Rick. Rick, yeah. Rick is an alliance cop that lived in Sebring, and multiple sources have said he may be the father of Yvonne's youngest child, Trenton, a married cop who supposedly was soliciting Yvonne for sex.
2: Supposedly, she took Vinny over there. Uh, for this policeman to watch and stay there for two weeks, we talk to Rick. Rick says, "I don't know anything about it. I've never, I, you know, don't know her, and I didn't." Um, eh.
0: And then they bring up another cop named Rick. He's
2: kind of a a flirt. He likes trying to he likes a lot of conquest. Yes.
1: How did she get in with other stuff?
2: Yeah. I have not idea. Supposedly, when we we've asked him about it, and he denied it at first, but then he said. Yeah, we, I talked to her and she said she didn't want to see me because I I'm too old.
0: The psychic then asks for another cop and they bring up Quentin Artis, who, if you remember, was harassing Yvonne. The cops told the psychic that Artis even tried to solicit Avon for sex.
1: I find out more about what he knew. I don't think he would go have her killed, but I think he knows more about her background than you guys think. I think that you think this is just small potatoes and it's not bigger potatoes than what you're thinking. This girl really stepped on somebody's toes. And we do. You think any small say, potatoes and yeah. it's bigger potatoes than what you consider. Okay. I just think that you guys need to shake up your police force and a little bit. She had an awful lot to do with the cop. And she must have stayed home with her kids, but she walked on somebody's toes. She stayed home with the kids, since she was affiliated with all these right? They all came to the door and made the and to the bar. Guys, you need a new police
4: force.
1: Well, you don't. comes to my door, I to light him. Something doesn't sound right here. be careful. Something doesn't sound right guys. Don't blame me for
0: I know that was tough to hear, but the gist is that the psychic is. So incredulous that Yvonne had so much contact with multiple Alliance police officers, she said something doesn't sound right here. And she did not let it go. I want to know why she knew so many cops.
1: <laughs> why did she know so many cops? I want to know what's the connection that so many cops are in her life. Why would guys that are married with kids be picking her up? What's the connection? And this missing a whole piece of the puzzle. Why did she have so many cops? I want to know why. I, I'm curious, why did she know so many cops? You never asked about that or wondered about it? Why? You just assume nothing? Because of somewhere to go now. <laughs> <laughs> because of what? Yeah, so that gives because us somewhere got, to go now. we have so I mean, been following. But, yeah, it? but you're running around in circles. When they question you why there's a girl who's a nothing, knows so many police officers? Why would she do that? Why? Because she screwed them up. But why did she screw them up? Who introduced her to all these police officers? What is wrong with you guys? Goodness. You didn't <sighs> ever question that? Why would a girl know so many police officers?
2: Now we will.
0: Of course, we know they didn't. At this point, I was so overwhelmed with what I was hearing from Detectives Mucklow and Samson about their colleagues involved in illegal activities that I decided to call an expert.
3: You know, in terms of the police force, my God, I had more than eight or nine names of officers who were potential sexual partners.
0: If you recognize this voice, it's Dwayne Pullman, local TV anchor and investigative reporter who you've heard clips from and got journalist Beth Karras involved in David's case. Dwayne investigated David's case for years, speaking to key players, including David, Joe, Eric.
3: Yeah, wow. He was a hot mess. Yeah. Um, Anger and rage, um, disjointed. Um, He was, he literally,
0: very few people scare me. He scared me. Really? The witness, George Hale, and police detectives like John Leach.
3: One of the first things that he told me in the middle of the conversation, he knew I was looking at him on his activities, and he said, you know... The uh, psychic in Cleveland even identified me as as the guy. Uh, I'm like, is this projection? What is going on here?
0: And Duane also found that what Mucklow and Samson were telling the psychic about officers being involved with Avon was pretty widely known.
3: It's not just speculation. The police were, uh, the officers were involved in nefarious activity, criminal activity.
4: Mm -hmm. It's probable based on the, you
0: know, either sexually or in the drug thing or both. Now, remember, earlier in the tapes, Mucklow and Samson told her they found marijuana in Yvonne's house. Well, there's no record of any marijuana in evidence from Yvonne's home. So either that wasn't true or someone pocketed that marijuana. And if you remember from last episode, the Alliance police were stealing drugs and money from the evidence room. My guess would be someone stole these drugs, too. But why? Well, maybe to sell or maybe it was to cover up some kind of connection between Alliance police and drug dealers like Tommy. If you believe the police were involved, well, maybe they didn't actually kill Yvonne, but they covered it up to save their own asses. And Dwayne thinks this is possible, too.
3: My suspicion was always that there were so many um, illegal and troubling connections between police and the criminal element that it almost felt like, let's clean it up kind of thing. No matter who did it, let's clean this up so none of us get drawn in. Mm.
0: But how would they have known? You know, like, how would they have known before the call came in
3: well um, if if uh, Yvonne was uh, prostituting herself, th- there may have been a schedule that she was keeping with whomever and it may have been an officer. this is total
0: right security. right right
3: but um, you know they may have come in and stumbled on it
0: and this makes total sense to me the crime scene photos show bleach and gloves on the counter, like someone was cleaning up. The drugs detectives said were found disappeared. And maybe the cover-up wasn't for the drugs. Maybe it was to cover up that half of the force was sleeping with her. In fact, Mucklow and Samson actually speculate about this.
2: Because this, this drug guy was putting her up to it so if he gets caught, he can he can blackmail the, the cops. Take for protection.
3: It came on the heels of corruption and my only thought is that given what we know about Yvonne is, you know, I'm pretty sure people didn't want a lot of that stuff flying out.
0: Well, yeah, particularly the, the officers.
3: Yeah, right.
0: Maybe that's why they didn't look into the Kellys' bar lead, or Tommy. The detectives knew any investigation into that side of her life — drugs or sex — could lead back to them.
3: Yeah, I found Alliance to be a really difficult and troubling place to try to get to truth on any subject. I cannot get to the truth. I can't get to facts on anything. And that actually, it was a pointer to me over the years became a really clear thing is, well, of course I can't because the police controlled the narrative and they were dealing with predominantly, um, disadvantaged and impoverished, uh, drug addicted individuals. So, you know, that kind of thing was just a swirl of, smeary mess yeah the case is so troubling because any number of people could have been a suspect in this case everyone in this town seems to have some kind of secret or interest in this victim whether it be drugs sex or both so i I don't know i mean look who's a suspect everybody so why'd you land on these two? That's the question.
0: Why land on David and Joe?
3: The avenues for possibilities are endless on who it could have been.
0: What if it's because David was the furthest away from the drug and sex scene? No investigation into him would lead back to the police in any way.
3: Can I say 100% that David Thorne is innocent? No. No. That's because I don't have enough information to absolutely say one thing or the other. But what I do know is with absolute 100 percent guarantee, he did not get any due consideration or fair treatment by the system and quite frankly, was identified early, focused on and then railroaded into prison. That's what I know.
0: There were so many good suspects, even outside of the police. Mucklow and Sampson brought up Yvonne's dad, Sherman. The guy Yvonne had set up cameras to catch abusing her kids.
2: Now we've heard stories about dad and dad may have abused her and dad was coming over there and uh, taking showers and sitting on the couch drinking or um, Drinking her in well, underwear.
0: There was never a formal interview with Sherman, her father, who was allegedly abusing her. They even mentioned Eric, possibly hiring a guy he went to prison with who had just gotten out of prison before Yvonne's murder. They also brought up Jeremy, Linda's boyfriend, a few times. Well, we don't
2: have an alibi for him,
1: How
0: come you didn't investigate
2: him? We didn't we have we talk to him. We talk
1: to him. No, I'm talking about the Derek's mom's
2: boyfriend. Yeah, we did.
0: And what did he say?
2: Uh, he's cooperative. He gave us fingerprints. He said he'd take a
0: polygraph. Where's the investigation into Jeremy? I've seen no record of it? And why did they just drop him if he doesn't have an alibi? And this is for those of you who do believe in psychics. How old are you guys?
1: 40, 41. I'm looking for a guy 38 to 40 I'm looking for somebody in your, yeah.
0: your age group. Yeah. <laughs> she described the person she saw who killed Yvonne. She said he's about 5'8", dark features, and said Avon knew him very well.
1: I want a cross tattoo. That would be a motorcycle person, probably. I need somebody who has a cross tattoo. Not real big, but there's a cross on them. Ah, oh, I do know the killer has to have a mustache. I need somebody who's ex-army or marine guy that killed her. The killer is ex-army or marine.
2: Jeremy kind of looks dark hair,
1: mustache. What color is How tall is he? Five eight. Oh, I described him to a T, didn't I? He was in the I? Vietnam. Services. He was a Vietnam, Vietnam vet. vet. I described the guy to Wait a, a tea, didn't I?
2: Think back, and what John brought up a good point.
1: What year <clears throat> was Jeremy born? <clears throat> he
2: was. He was not in the Vietnam War, but he went to Vietnam during the cleanup. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I'd sure like to see he's Eric. He's only forty. I'd sure like to see Eric Cameron's mother Three birthday. or forty-four. So he's old. exactly the age I described for the killer.
0: Hello? And I just described him to a T. Jeremy's actually 5'9". He does have a mustache and dark hair, dark eyes. And when I got his arrest record, it also listed something that shook even me, a non-believer. He has a cross tattoo on his arm. But whether you're a believer or not, every one of these people should have been looked into. And I have no record of it ever happening.
3: From that standpoint, I was just stunned by a system that didn't evaluate even on motive the potential, you know, endless motives of others yeah. that could have been at play.
0: Detective Sampson was asked about all of these people mentioned in the psychic tapes in his deposition.
4: Uh, what I'm trying to find out is what when when other names are brought up by whether they're coming in as tips to you guys or whether you're getting together in a situation like this and kind of jointly coming up with thoughts on like who could be, you know, where can we look for some information? What I'm trying to find out is all these names that come up in here, were they looked into or not? I don't know. So you can
3: Problem with the case and the stuff that has uh, I'm filled with every time I talk about this case I get angst every time and I'm a pretty calm guy I've been doing journalism for 35 years at a pretty high level and I've covered some crazy stuff and um, I, I, I felt for the first time in my life on this case inadequate on getting to the truth. I've never felt that before. Yeah. And I, I, I totally, forgive me, I'm not trying to have a <laughs> a session, but, uh, you know, that is really, really difficult because I worked really hard on this case. Look, I, I don't know where you are in life. I know where I am. Um, this, this case has absolutely consumed just about everyone who has touched it um and it's it's I, I, it's haunting the case is haunting um the um the, the main part I'm trying to I'm trying to help you I hope I'm helping you
4: mm-hmm.
3: um is that as you evaluate everything the question really comes down to, um, where do you go?
0: And I knew Dwayne was right. Turns out, I didn't open a can of worms. I opened a barrel of rattlesnakes. Corrupt cops, scandals, drugs and sex. I'd wind up exactly where Dwayne was over a decade ago, with one special... And David still in prison, despite the heart and work that went into the reporting. So, I decided to bring in professionals. Coming up next time on Murder in Alliance.
3: Spent a lot of time on that. And I guess one question is $300 to murder a woman in cold blood? The reason David Thorne is sitting in jail right now is someone that you acknowledge is a fucking liar. I know that the allegations are out there that even some in the police force were taking advantage of Yvonne's services, if that's in fact what was happening. There's a full-blown declaration that they went after three friends of David's that they approached first and tried to coerce them into testifying against. David, there are things that make you say, "Well, why is he staying at a freaking hotel in town that night?" You know, right off the bat, a couple of things that raise my eyebrows are the knife and the pants. How did Joe lead them to the? What were the circumstances? And Joe did lead them there. Then that's a big deal.
0: Y'all, if you like this show, please consider joining the Unjust and Unsolved Patreon. It shows how much you care and helps us continue to tell these stories. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes, Q&As, and events as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention, and the more likely we're going to get tips and leads and the right ears will be reached. Murder in Alliance is produced and reported by me, Maggie Freeling, with editorial consulting from Amber Hunt. Aaron Case is our legal intern, and Bob Mallory is our engineering assistant. For more information and resources, go to murderinalliance.com. You can find Murder and Alliance on Twitter and Instagram at Murder underscore Alliance and join the discussion on Facebook at Unjust and Unsolved Podcast Discussion Group. Murder and Alliance is a production of the Obsessed Network. You can find all their shows at ObsessedNetwork.com.